I did double check the report again, and the school <laughs> infrastructure is literally infrastructure, <laughs> as in the buildings themselves are what got the D. Which is not that great. Like that. That that's a pretty be... low bar, and it's only getting a D. <laughs> like the buildings, literally, mostly, sort of. Some of them won't fall on the children. Yeah. The the children, whether or not they actually learn anything, probably won't be killed by their buildings. But they're not. Don't don't a fair amount of school buildings have like undrinkable water in the water fountains? Yep, (laughs) that's always good. (laughs) Um, And the water report didn't seem to mention lead at all. Oh well, which is like okay. So you're grading the fact that the pipes still hold water, which is like. Again, that is a very low bar because it's not counting how poisonous they are and it's still got a D. <laughs> right. Like, talk about necessary but not sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So in our tradition of um, if we are actually going to do a show each week, we have to pick a lighter topic every now and again so we don't get doom fatigue. And uh, you should... Yeah. Uh, Maybe we should do one on compassion fatigue at some point. It's a thing that happens in healthcare if you're around too many terminal patients, like as your actual job. Um, mm. So um, we're going to go to our usual other topic, which is <laughs> something ridiculous happening in the world of uh, Apple. And and it's not that there's no event today, which there should have been, and it should have been announced a week ago, and we should have new some things, but... By now? Yeah. Hopefully that information will be out of date by the time we post this. Maybe. Hopefully. Because mm. uh, we're both still waiting to purchase some hardware. Um, <laughs> but for people who aren't purchasing new hardware, the story that came out with a very clickbaity title is that Apple could be removing 187,000 or about 8% of apps in the store due to the fact that they were compiled for a 32-bit. And there are very strong hints that iOS 11 just won't include the 32-bit runtime or emulation layer. So just a bit of technical explanation Apple started shipping 64-bit iOS devices starting with whatever year the iPhone 5S was, 2013 maybe. Um, But iOS has supported both 64-bit and 32-bit hardware um, up and until the current version. Um, But the the oldest supported hardware is the iPhone 5, which was the last 32-bit phone. So if iOS 11 is going to be only going to require a 64-bit kernel, then they might as well strip out the 32-bit emulation layer if that's been letting the 5S and onwards continue to run 32-bit compiled apps. So the question is, does this matter? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so 8% isn't that bad. I, I mean, it's a lot like, 178 that's a lot but eight percent isn't as bad as i thought it was going to be a lot of i wonder how many of those are actively in use by humans right now eight percent is the most conservative possible estimate because those are based on the last update to that app 
was before the release of the SDK for the 5S. <laughs> so that so those are all the apps that are guaranteed to be affected by it. They didn't require a 64-bit submission for a couple years afterwards. Um, yeah, February 2015 was when they actually required it. So there could be a number in there of companies that, for whatever reason, were holding on to old versions of Xcode and shipping 32-bit only binaries. Um, hmm. One of my so does that mean that every app that warns you that it may slow down your phone? Yes, those is it's those. going. Oh no! One of those I care about, namely um, the. Oh man, Ron Gilbert's Pirate Match Three, who that has a name, and the name is not occurring to me. I need to look. <laughs> I had a blood draw today, so I have less blood than usual. So, what's interesting about that February date, um, <laughs> uh, February twenty fifteen, is that that's also well into iOS seven or iOS eight, even. And so that means like it's not even like the apps that don't look right because they're for iOS 6 or they have, you know, stretched out resolutions or whatever. They they could include some effectively modern looking apps as well. Like Scurvy Scallywags, which is the name of that game. Okay. That I had to <laughs> scroll through many pages. Oh man, I didn't think I would be affected. <laughs> so Okay, we do have a good example, which makes this easier to talk about because it's not uh, hypothetical. <laughs> Let's say it's a given that the, that iOS 11 is just on 64-bit devices only and that there's no 32-bit emulation layer. Do they have to bother purging those things from the store? Now, keep in mind, a, a, an actual removal from the store isn't like, you know, they're firing the dev account. Uh, and if mm -hmm. something is still on the store, it actually does mean that the developer's account is paid up for the year. Um, and it would just go into, like, the rejected state in iTunes Connect. So the developer d technically has infinite time afterwards to submit a new version. It's not like the database <laughs> record gets deleted or anything. As far as I understand, an application in that state should still be in your purchased purchases like tab, but if they don't run on your current hardware, that doesn't really count. Of course, Apple has done this in the past through various transitions. Um, of course, going from uh, Mac OS 9 to Mac OS 10, there was the classic layer, which was at least the same architecture, but it was literally loading OS 9 on top of OS 10. It booted up and everything. It was adorable. Yeah, you got a little window with it booting up in it. It was super cute. And people used it for Cricket Graph. Yeah, that was really important. <laughs> Everybody loved <laughs> Cricket Graph, or uh, as Thomas Friend, who I actually got to meet... Um, not last weekend, but the weekend before, put it, fuck cricket crap. <laughs> <laughs> it, kept, it kept people wanting OS 9 far longer than it had any right to, yeah. I guess. But even other companies were dragging their feet. Adobe's support for Mac was really bad back then. Um, yeah. So I had to run Photoshop 5.5 in Classic for a very long time until Photoshop 7 came out. 
I think maybe there was a later version of 6, maybe 6.5 or something that did it, but 7 was like the first like one that didn't support OS 9, so it was like a real like OS 10 app. Um, and then, of course, when we did the Intel transition, we got Rosetta, which allowed PowerPC binaries to run on OS 10 Tiger through Lion. Uh, well, no, just Tiger through Snow Leopard. Um, mm. And those ran more silently. There was no way to tell which was which unless you looked in the activity uh, activity monitor and it showed you that it was a PowerPC binary or if you just got info on it. Um, but right. like classic before it, um, Apple did actually improve those during their lifetime. Um, like Rosetta, when it was introduced, was effectively a G3 emulator because it didn't have the extra instruction set that the G4 had for its... Uh, the brand name was the Velocity Engine or hmm. Altavec, which was its vector processing unit. And it did gain that eventually. I don't remember how late into it, but I do know it arrived. Um, but it was killed anyway, just because they don't want to keep supporting it. They don't want to have to keep a team doing that. And, you know, theoretically, it incentivizes developers to mm. update stuff. Yeah, theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, I can't name a specific example of anything that I used that didn't. I mean, obviously, the... the the foremost example ever was when people finally couldn't use Cricut Graph anymore. Yeah, and I think that's how Quark finally died as well, was mm. that um, people ran that in Classic for forever, and then they ran the last uh, OS X version in uh, in Rosetta for forever. Um, so, you know, th this is what Apple does. <laughs> It's kind of funny how different it is from Windows. Like there was this dude who was using WordPerfect 5 when I was still on the help desk. And he I had to jump through all kinds of hoops to make sure that he could run it full screen under Windows Vista. <laughs> <laughs> WordPerfect 5 is really old, if you didn't know. It's not like a recent version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well even microsoft fairly recently um sort of gave that up and just made it easy to download virtual machines from them yeah i like those virtual machines they're extremely useful yeah i wonder you don't have to like so that was kind of one of the nice things about windows in a way because sometimes you could totally just like install a game from 1992 and it would run now sometimes it would run at turbo speed because it was kind of oh, like yeah. relying on your <laughs> processor to be slow but a lot of them didn't and they were okay yeah but apple has changed architectures or other things so many various times that you, you require emulation to get old stuff to work. Um, and anything before OS X requires an old world ROM, which you would need to have hardware to extract, or you'd need to steal it. Like, they don't just make that easy to get your hands on. Um, and to be fair, um, uh, Microsoft has a uh, lawsuit with Oracle that prevents them from sh uh, distributing Windows 2000 or earlier build huh. to developers even though like that would be useful but the earliest you can get is uh, xp and it had something to do I... with the version of java they included in it and they can't just strip it out or whatever i don't know 
Huh. Had no idea about that. Yeah. Oracle making the world worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't wanted Windows 95 in a really long time, but now I'm mad that if I did, I would have to try slightly harder <laughs> to obtain it. So yeah, that's the state of Apple supposedly dropping emulation. And honestly, they probably will. Or they'll let it limp along for one more version, but those dialogues will get like red or something. <laughs> or Man. like what I worry about is, so in iOS 3, they're finally adding um, developer responses to um, reviews in the iTunes store or the app store rather. And we still don't know what that looks like, but apparently developers can get notifications for that. And I don't want to see that extended to like them adding a nag the developer button on that alert that says, you know, this app may slow down your phone or won't be supported in future versions or whatever it says now. I don't know. As a consumer, I kind of want to nag, although I can directly nag Ron. I, I know him a little bit now, so I can be like, dude. I need you to update your game so I can keep playing it forever. I've spent money on it. I have bought things in scurly, is scurvy, sc <laughs> scurvy scallywags. Well, updating isn't like the most trivial thing in the world. Um, I mean, going between point versions of Unity, I've had entire projects break and I haven't even done anything interesting in Unity yet. Mm. Um, and if we're talking about actual apps, um, Apple does very aggressive and both very lenient deprecations between iOS versions. So the way they're aggressive is in that they replace APIs all the time, which is fine. You know, better is better. Presumably it's always better. Um, and the way they're lenient is they give you a couple versions, you know, where you just get a deprecation warning on it. Um, except for this one little quirk in Xcode where you're allowed to say which uh, iOS versions your app is allowed to run on. And currently that minimum is eight. However, if you pick eight, deprecation warnings for iOS 9 and iOS 10 don't happen. Like you don't get the message that you're using something that has been deprecated between iOS 8 and now. It just says, oh, okay, this is all iOS 8 stuff, it's fine. And then That's real a year goes by, iOS 8 support falls out of Xcode, <laughs> and you get you know, a pile of warnings that you could have started <laughs> dealing with two years ago, but because you never, saw, uh, never thought of setting your build target to iOS 10 to just catch the uh, deprecation warnings, you won't know about it until it becomes quite an ordeal to deal with them. That's super duper dumb. Yeah. And... <laughs> Um, and if you're using, well, I mean, this predates Swift, but Swift just as of this point isn't stable at all. So developers are used to having to rewrite their entire app between versions anyway. Good Lord. But even before then, Apple changed the way that the API talked about screen rotation. Like, I feel like literally every major version. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like they just couldn't decide like how they wanted the callback to look for it. It's like warring factions within... I, I don't know. <laughs> engineering? I Wow. That, it's, that's something that every iPhone has done. So well, I've noticed a lot of developers tend like seem to have forgotten about it. Ew. Like, 
Do you really use a lot of apps that support auto-rotation? Um, I guess not. Most things, like, so a lot of what I use is, is I use lots of games. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and they generally force you into one orientation or the other. Right, but like, so just going through my uh, folder, which I have labeled distractions, which is where all the things <laughs> that can give me notifications go, um, Slack, Instagram, and Facebook don't support landscape at all. Or if they do, they're just not happening. The official Twitter app does, but it's it's dumb. Like, all it does is it just gets fat. Like, it doesn't do anything to take advantage of the fact that it's in landscape. And, like, the tweets themselves have, like, a maximum width that's way lower than the screen width. So it's, you know, just... It's just basically, like, just, like, the... There's just space around it. Um, Tweetbot rotates, and it just gets fat. And it's exactly the same as Portrait, except wide. <laughs> yeah, no. It, yeah, you just have a portrait column that's cropped on top and bottom, and then there's just blank space on the left and right of everything. There's no blank space. It's full width, but it's silly because it's so fat. Right. <laughs> I I don't. Nobody would ever want to use. Oh well. I I guess that's better than not supporting it at all. I guess. Yeah. Because, so the the plus size phones allow rotation on springboard, which is just stupid that the other phones don't at this point. Um, and what's nice about that is because, you know, let's say I have my phone like sitting somewhere in landscape, whether it's sitting on one of these adorable rubber dinosaurs I got, <laughs> or if it's uh, in the mount in my car and um, my phone is the viewer for my uh, aftermarket backup camera. So obviously I would want that in landscape because that's what shape the camera is. <laughs> right. Um, and it's nice, you know, that when I quit that, I go back to springboard and it's not sideways on me. But then, you know, I'm sitting there and I open one of these other apps that don't support it and it's just, it's all sideways. And what's really <laughs> bad about a lot of these, like freaking Slack, you know, is a universal app that has iPad support, which means... You know, there is code in there that says, I know what to do at these various widths. Yeah, I don't know. And they just have the flag off for can rotate on iPhone. The height is just super important to them. They don't feel like it could possibly be a good experience if it's uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember it used to be a big deal, like, in release notes there would be like added landscape support in like the original um, run Aww. of the app store. And, well, the main reason for that is because the keyboard wasn't big enough in portrait. I don't remember. I believe you, but I don't, I, it's been a very long time you, since my iPhone 4S. Yeah, but your 5S is included in that keyboard not being big enough too. Um, I guess it seemed fine to me because I have tiny little fingertips. That's true. <laughs> and I guess it was more of a big deal early on because people were still new to glass typing. Right. So, yeah. I, I remember like iOS 4 or something, like 
one of like the tentpole features was that like a bunch of system apps got landscape support. <laughs> like I remember when it was a feature that the calculator app added the landscape mode that had the scientific calculator. <laughs> wow, I was not aware of that. Oh yeah, no this this was a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't use the calculator on my phone that much. Because I don't use calculators that much. Pretty much the only time I have in the last more than a decade has been when I was in a uh, math class for my master's. <laughs> and because I was only allowed to use a certain calculator on the final, I pretty much stuck to using that all year because right. I thought I should yeah. get used to it. Because <laughs> it's weird. If you haven't used a physical calculator in a long time, you're like, eh, this is so dumb. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, it's weird that the calculators behave like physical calculators because they could, you know, be symbolic or at least just show the expression. But whatever, it's the built-in one. You can get one of those from the store unless it was made before 2013, mm. in which case it'll be gone soon. Wow, that's probably a fair number of calculators because it's not like you need to update those all the time. Right. I mean, and it's like the early <laughs> run of the store was all those useful utilities. And developers yeah. made between zero and maybe a single thousand dollars on them and had no incentive to update other than just continuing to pay the license because they probably just enjoyed having beta builds, you know, for the hundred dollar fee, regardless of if they actually submit anything. I think this is going to be a loud story for a while. Yeah. Especially like I bet there I bet there are a bunch of journalists out there who are using like random text apps that are gonna die and they're gonna be very noisy. <laughs> journalists are very noisy. I mean, part of that's their job, but <laughs> I think they were noisy first and that's why they became journalists. That's my theory. That makes sense. 